yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. I told me to be chicken. Welcome to Upcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and don't make the same mistake twice. Don't become my enemy. And I'm Jamie. Dude, Matt straight up sucks. And I hope you at least told Padme that I said hello. Wow. <laughs> I don't think we've ever done an audio drop in the intro. <laughs> there was a stupid thing on Twitter. Um, there's these posts on twitter where people say like type in the type in the year type in the word movie in the year you were born and post the first gif Mm -hmm. like like the gif search engine and one of them was like type in your first name and post the gif that comes up just like a very simple one and that was like the second or third gif that came up which was like (laughs) saying like matt straight up sucks (laughs) oh love it um all right That was unexpected. Um, Mine's mine's a crosshair quote. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I I tried to do that, and I can't find any. I had to put, mine's from, I don't know, some movie I've never even heard of. And then the next one is Jaws. Okay, so today, before we get too far into it and start looking for gifts, um, today we are going to do our Bad Batch wrap-up. Um, so we're just going to walk through season two for a little bit, um, talk about what we liked and didn't like, and what we think about season, what we expect for season three, which is, of course, we know now is the last season of Bad Batch. So we get another trilogy out of this, so that's fun. Before we do that, ask me if I did any Star Wars this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus, um, did you do anything Star Wars related, like cross state lines to spend a lot of money? Yes. So, <laughs> so this is all over. This is all over my social media because I am really beside myself. Um, but I drove down to North Carolina yesterday and picked up the Anakin statue from episode, the Pepsi statue from episode one, Anakin, and the full-size Yoda. So I just want to explain what these are real quick in case people weren't alive in 1999 and didn't know what they are. And I think these were sort of even rare back then. But Pepsi made five different statues of characters from The Phantom Menace for the release of Phantom Menace. So these are characters that that they made around the time of the movie's release. And they put them in movie theaters and blockbusters as promotional items. Um, they made, made And these are life-size, basically mannequins of the characters. Yeah, and one of your mannequins is in. Come on, this is where you yes and it's part of intro. Is a mannequin? Is a mannequin? Anakin mannequin? (laughs) Yeah, you got there. All right. (laughs) There's going to be some notes later on your improv skills, but uh, please continue. I didn't realize this was um, OCP. Yeah, so so they made about 500 of these statues each, and. At the time, they were put in blockbusters and movie theaters, so there were 2,000 to 3,000-ish of them made. And so there was an Anakin, uh, Yoda, um, so the little Anakin, Yoda, Darth Maul, Jar Jar, and Watto were the five made. Anakin is little kid Anakin, and he's in his Tatooine gear, and he's got 
the pod racing helmet on and the goggles, and the goggles move. You can flip them up or flip them down. Why out of all the characters, Watto? Yeah, good question. So I don't know why Watto. I guess because he's small, so they don't have to spend a lot of money. So the Watto is the one that's impossible to find now. So <laughs> Watto is, is the hardest one to get. And he's he's like on a stand, and the stand, it's like a... It's like a wire, like a like a tube, like a tube metal stand that's like five feet tall, and it like has a pole that goes into his back, right? And it, he hooks onto that, and he's like flying, basically. Yeah, my my guess is that the Anti Defamation League or um, the Israeli Mossad just got rid of all of them because that's such a uh, such an awful stereotype. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm texting you a photo of him. Of, uh, one of them I found online at some comic book shop. So there's five of these things, and now I own two. And <laughs> yeah. did you get the photo? Yeah, it's like uh, he's, he's right in front of the fire extinguisher, so it makes it very <laughs> difficult in case there's a fire, which was actually quite in character, for I guess, for Watto, but... Yeah, you try to go to the fire extinguisher, and he's like, he's like, uh, Republic credits won't do. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll roll a chance scoop to see if we get the get the fire out or not. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have two of them. I know where there's a Jar Jar. It's in West Virginia. I'm seriously considering driving to go get it um, because it's so hard to find. But I don't think I don't think I'll ever have a Watto. They're just too fucking expensive, and they're too hard to find. And plus, I don't want the Mossad hunting me down. <laughs> um, so yeah, I if you go to West Virginia, I would probably bring somebody who has a gun. Uh, I've been to West Virginia a bunch of times. It's really close to me. But yeah, it's it's smart. Yeah. It's smart. <laughs> if, if, the, if you're driving there and you hear a banjo playing, then you're just like, you know what? I don't need this that much. That's Georgia, but I know I know I know you're doing. This is what I this is what I have. I've got the Yoda and this giant Anakin statue. Anakin standing on a pile of rocks. That's mm-hmm. like just a plastic formed pile of rocks with like a little plaque on it saying Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, on the pile of rocks, he's taller than me, and I'm six three. Not a lot taller than me, but he's almost seven feet tall. It's pretty imposing. Oh. I stuck I stuck it in the corner. Humble brag. Yeah. yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw. A, um, your wife changed her profile picture, and she's standing next to Anakin, and she's much shorter. I just took a photo of it in the corner. It's actually funnily next next to my um, Phantom Menace poster. I didn't do that on purpose. That's just where that poster's been hanging since I moved in here. But yeah, and this think, is this is the bedroom, correct? Yeah, this is my bedroom. Anakin <laughs> Anakin watches me make love to my wife. <laughs> Try spinning. That's a good trick. God damn it. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, she puts a towel over his head and you're like, no. And you take the towel off. (laughs) So other than other than this ridiculous thing that I did, um, I I started rewatching Rebels because I want to rewatch it in, in anticipation of Ahsoka. So I watched two. I watched the first two episodes last night. Yeah, I watched the um, 
I watched the last episode uh, after you sent me that picture of uh, uh, the the new picture of Sabine that's out with her looking almost identical to the um, to how she looks at the very end of Rebels. Uh, just because we were just like, we were talking back and forth, and like, oh, could that be Ezra's lightsaber? And then I'm like, did a little internet sleuthing. Is like, that's totally Ezra's lightsaber that she's got on her belt, and she looks really cool with the 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 short hair. She actually looks a lot like my wife um, um, right now, uh, except my wife doesn't wear Mandalorian armor yet. Yet, yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, <laughs> she 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 listens to murder podcasts. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, she, yeah, it looks it looks great. That and that answers the question about like why she has super long hair, and that like she probably does something like like I think you mentioned that like she does like what Keenan did, that she cuts her hair, um, yeah. kind of like a like a, I guess like a samurai. Right, like Kanan, Kanan cut Kanan. off his top knot mm-hmm. right before he went on the mission that ended up where he was going to rescue Hera, right? Yeah. Do anything else this week? Uh, no, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play um, to play Jedi Survivor. Um, not since last we talked. It's just just life stuff happening, and I can't... My, my son hasn't finished Fallen Order yet, and he's... He doesn't want any anything spoiled, and plus they're kind of like they're kind of off video games, even though they're um, they don't have school anymore. We're trying to wean them off of that because of their attitudes. Um, so I just it looks it's a bad look for dad to be playing video games and then tell them to go fuck off and go to their rooms. Um, but uh, I I did start watching Empire. Actually, um, I went to the gym this morning because it's getting too hot where I live to run in the morning. So I went to the gym, turned on empire and then I like made it all the way through to, um, uh, to where the millennium Falcon goes into the, um, the, the cave, which is actually the worm. And let me, let me tell you that like, if anybody, if you're looking for an excuse to like, for like running or exercising, like go to the gym, put on, uh, put on star Wars, um, preferably some star Wars thing that you love. And then you just set it down, and then just just as you run, bike, whatever. Or in my case, I would have to like be looking down, so I just like I just kind of zoned out, and I just listened to it periodically, looking down, because I I've seen it so many times, I know what's happening, and it it helps out. It helps a lot. So that it was actually a, a great experience, and I, I plan on doing that a lot more now. That's wonderful. That's that's great. I uh, I did finish the audiobook of the Clone Wars this week too. That's what I did on my drive down to North Carolina. Um, I think I, I think I said it was Beth Revis last time, but it's actually Karen Travis. So my uh, bad. Yeah. Getting my Revises and Travis. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't looking at it, and I, I felt bad about saying that because at the time I was like, I don't think that's right. But that book is weird, though. Like I I know that movie gets shit. When, it, when people bother to include it on their quote-unquote rankings, it's almost always at the bottom. Um, and people shit on that movie. But I love that movie. I, I love it so much. And I'm completely unapologetic about it. But this book leaves out large sections of the movie. Mm. It basically completely glosses over everything that happens with Padme and Zero. It happens completely off-screen in the book. Like, she goes to, to meet with Zero. And then there's a little bit of that. 
And then next thing you know, Zero's on a hologram confessing his crimes and Padme's been rescued. Hmm. It's like, that's a weird thing to do for a book because they, they fleshed everything else out. They, they took a 90-minute movie and turned it into a seven-hour novel. I don't think people would have cared if you added 30 more minutes to describe what the hell happened with Padme. Yeah, that but is weird. It is very strange. I, I Overall, I liked it because there was a lot of background and detail um, that I, I didn't know. And it's just not in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned Clone Wars because I um I um I remember watching when I watched the very first episode of Mandalorian and they showed the pod, I was like, is that a baby hut? Is that like a hutlet or something? Just be, uh because of my experience from watching Clone Wars. So I was just like, Oh, this is kinda neat, I guess. And then, then it was Grogu and I'm just like, What the fuck? But um yeah, that that movie gets unfairly shit on. Yeah, I just think it was too. I think it was just too much. It was Ahsoka's introduction. It was Rhoda the Hutt's introduction. It was Truman Capote the Hutt's introduction. <laughs> but I, I watch. I've watched that a dozen times, and I, mm-hmm. I just love it all the time. It, it's one of these. It's one of the movie. It's one of the early pieces of Clone Wars that set the tone um, that they're not going to shirk away from the violence of the war. And it's so easy, it would have been so easy for them to say, like, we're actually not going to show, like, a lot of violence. But one of the first scenes in that movie is them, like, in a meat grinder on Christophsis. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I'm, we don't have to go over the, our love of this movie. Just go listen to our review of it. We did a thorough, wonderful job reviewing it. Yes, it's the best. Best, uh, best anyone's yeah. ever done. Yeah, yeah. People say it's uh, award-winning. Though I, I've, I've yet to see anything about that. We should we should make ourselves podcast awards <laughs> and just tell people that we won them. Yes. Uh, I watched the uh, last episode of season one of The Mandalorian uh, the, other, uh, the other day, yesterday, after the whole Sabine talk. And I something, you know how like a lot of times you watch movies, just dialogue just happens and then you miss parts of it. Because like you just hear one part of it so you get the gist. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're rounding constantly in your mind, right? Yeah. So, um, at the end, when uh, Din Djarin says that it's Ma- well, it's it's around when they, when they're sur- when they're surrounded, and she says like I'm a I'm a rebel shock trooper. They'll upload me to a mind flayer. I didn't even underst- really fully understand what that was, but now having watched season three, that's because ex- because. Because uh, when she says mind flayer, then uh, Grief Cargo is like, oh, that's just wartime propaganda. Those aren't real. Oh, right. I remember this scene now. Yeah, great call. That's such a good poll. God, I got. we have to rewatch Mando, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always good. And that's another thing. Before before we get into, um, right, like, what is with people shitting? I guess it's just popular to shit on popular things. Like people like to shit on season three. I thought season three was great. There was some ones that are kind of like the Jack Black Lizzo one. I was just like, okay, this is Star Wars being silly. I can let it go because, um, yeah, I'll, I'll drive myself bananas if I if I don't let it go. I mean, we we did talk about like this episode, these next two episodes, the episode we're recording now, and the next one, we're going to be sort of um, Bad Batch summary and Mando summary. Mm-hmm. So I think we can probably get it, get into the paint with our Mando stuff next week. But 
I agree with you. There's been a lot of criticism of Mandalorian, and I don't know if it just got, I don't know if people's expectations got the better of them this time, or if they just thought that it was a little bit, like, too side questy, or or what. But people complained that Bo-Katan was too much of a main character, and it was less about Din Djarin. I don't know. It's like, like I. You know what? Awesome Star Wars happened. A lot of things blew up. Um, and there's a lot of cool scenes. I don't care, but we'll save save that talk for um, the next one. But I think it's it's we recorded uh, an episode that I don't think we ever aired, where it was like right, it was soon after Last Jedi came out, and it was just we're just like we're all of a sudden just like, it's, I mean the fandom's always kind of been a little toxic. Um, every every major fandom has toxic people but like last jedi just it was like just gave permission for everybody to come out and just be shitty i wonder if we did publish that episode or not we probably didn't but yeah because i was just looking i was looking through some of my stuff and we called it who who pooped in the star wars punch bowl yeah um, that's right i was trying to i i was trying to remember the name i was going to say pooped in the pool but no in the punch bowl that's what it was yeah did it just get i just <laughs> Because uh, like I, I I'm like on Twitter because I'm still on Twitter I just lurk but like I'm as I'm trying to wh- wh- slowly whittle out a lot of the political stuff that just is just bothersome and there's more like just like Star there's just so many Star Wars people that just have shitty takes or it's just like clickbaity sort of stuff yeah for my my rule for our our Yubcast feed is I block any anybody that's solely a political entity left right or center if they're posting about politics and that's the point of their account i block them because i don't want them in my feed if you're a star wars account that has shitty takes you get muted Mm -hmm. i don't want shitty takes in the feed either because i just want i just want that to be like a place where people are talking about the things that they love and that's not to say you can't say like why is jack black and mandalorian right because i think we're also very critical of it but i think there's there's a different difference the line for me has always been, um, I didn't like it, that's fine. You shouldn't like it, that's wrong. Don't tell other people how to feel. Yeah. Just straight, straight fuck off. Because, like, I don't care. Like, I, I always say, like, I am not a sophisticated Star Wars fan. I, I just like Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, when I started running, and, like, I hit play, and then the, the 20th Century Fox thing came on, and then the, the Star Wars music came on, I was like, I was just like, oh my god! I, love, I forget. Like every time it, every time it happens, I just get, like, get goosebumps, a little teary. And I'm just like, I love it so much that I'm just like, it's just, I just, yeah, I just want positive stuff. I like talking with people about Star Wars. I don't want to hear people talk about sh- shitting on it. I mean, unless there's, unless it's like valid, but not, but not like shitting for the sake of being contrarian. Right for clicks. Right. Yeah. That's what that's what people want. All right. Do you want to move on to talking about season two of Bad Batch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that, or else we'll be on here forever, which is fine. But our listeners may not. I, I made a big assumption that we have more than one listener by putting listeners in plural. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I've, <laughs> I've programmed, the hubris. I programmed a thousand bots just to repetitively download every episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, pride becomes comes before the fall, Jamie. Remember that. All right, let's move on to the thing. Okay.
Alright, so what I wanted to do with you today was just sort of run down run down the list of episodes. Like I can give you like a one sentence plot summary and you just tell me what you liked about it or whether you liked it or not and what you like about it now that we've seen the whole thing. So, um, ready? Alright, uh, I'm ready when you are. Alright, so the first episode is sort of the two-parter episode, Spoils of War and uh, Ruins of War. And this is the Quest for Dooku's Gold episodes, where they go to um, Sereno and try to rob the war chest. Mm-hmm. Um, remember this episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, so I, I thought it was great. Some of it, I, it had very, like, the, they had the Indiana Jones vibe, um, them meeting the the guy who lives on Sereno is just like, you know, like we all weren't like happy about it. He robbed us blind. Um, and then just the fact that the empire is just taking all of their wealth. Doesn't matter. And so it's just kind of like wrapping up like, well, to kind of like what happens in the aftermath of the clone wars. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very similar to you in this. I thought the, this was a great sort of beginning two parter. Um, I think, I think when we talked about it on the show, we were, we were like, well, we're glad that this isn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be Mission of the Week anymore. It's going to be more like world building about what the what the galaxy looks like post-Republic and with the Empire establishing themselves. The dismantling of Dooku's shit is very symbolic of that. Um, meeting that old timer who's just like, like, he just wanted his MP3 collection back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. And then I think there was a lot of foreshadowing for the season because like they fall from like the shipping container the ship takes off and they have to fall in the shipping container and there's a lot of peril there and yeah it's indiana jones and we get like we straight up get like a temple of doom later um in the season too so yeah. i think there's a lot a lot here to like yeah because the i think the the thing that really drove it home for indiana jones was the just like the just like let it go let it go. Let the treasure go. Right. Because that's what uh, that's what um, he says to um, to uh, Elsa, um, and then when then she dies, then then he tries to grab it, and his dad's just like, "Let it go." Um, so yeah, it's very much just like frustrating. It's kind of like those dreams where you can never quite do the thing that you're supposed to be doing. In that dream where there's like there's all this treasure, and they can't get any of it. Exactly. Um, so I think we both really like those that opening. We'll, we're going to do those two together because they're one continuous plot. Um, so if there's nothing else on that one, we can skip forward to the solitary clone. Oh yes, this was this is a great episode. This is our first crosshair episode of the season, first appearance of crosshair, and it really it's really showing the atrocities of the empire here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's obvious nobody likes crosshair. Like even like Rampart doesn't like crosshair. Um, the clones move away from him when he sits down. Uh, he's all alone. They they didn't bother to pick him up for like close to like a month, and then like he has to wait at the war memorial, just like a, a little kid waiting for his dad to come pick him up, who because the mom doesn't want to be around the dad. Right. Uh, and just then just um, them just putting down a rebellion. And then crosshair, like uh, doing the being a good soldier and uh, murdering the former governor in just cold blood. And And then, then, and then the cherry on top of Cody disappearing on him after that. Yeah, 
so uh, yeah, so I'm guessing what we know now, I'm guessing Cody just like contacted Rex and was just like, I'm out of here. I mean, I, I hope we see that. I hope we see that. And we'll get to this in a minute, but or in a little bit, but I hope we see that in season three because where is Cody right now? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I, yeah, I really hope that he, that he's just like, uh, he was just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. He sees the, he sees the writing on the wall and Crosshair is just a, but he, he's a loyalist and he's a murderer. So, I mean, he's behaving like an automaton in this, right? Yeah. He can't, he can't see past the mission at all. Mm-hmm. But this is this is good establishing about where Crosshair is and where sort of the clones are. The clones are whittling away. They're defecting or getting ground into glass. And Crosshair is just there with his rifle shooting everybody all the mm-hmm. time because that's what he's been told to do. Um, solid episode. Wonderful episode. Wonderful tone setting as the... As the third episode of the season, it really shows everything that we were hoping we would see, which is the breakup of the Republic, um, the atrocities of the Empire, and then starts at the stage of what's happening to the clones. Mm-hmm. Do you want to move on to your favorite? Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is Faster, which is the tech centered episode um where uh he has to race because john ralphio um bought uh crashed his car i live my life tommy t you just missed the craziest of crazies (laughs) clubs girls dancing naked mom argument police fleeing the seat hiding in a dumpster coming here crashing on your couch for a week because technically i'm homeless hey mustache i'm gonna hit the couch you know i'll be Sorry, we had we had competing <laughs> audio okay. drops, so you can do yours now. But <laughs> okay, that's all right. I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> yeah, so this one is lighthearted, um, and it's lighthearted, but it it does a couple important things. One, it gives us more time with Tech, which Tech ended up being a pretty important character this season, and um, Ernie. Uh, Ghostbuster Winston um, laid the groundwork that Sid was going to fuck them over. Um, yeah, it was... obviously we got some we got some good bits out of it for our show. Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> Shut up. All right, what do you want to say about faster? <laughs> oh, what do I want to say about faster? I can go with that. I, I liked it. It was, it was it was it was fun. Other than the fact that we got this new soundboard. Uh, because of it, I, uh, it was it was a lot of fun, just lighthearted, especially after the heaviness of the the previous one. It was a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, I agreed. I think I think it's important. I know people thought this was a filler episode, but like I said, there's plot points in it that touch everything. And at this point, looking back, I'm like, I'm glad we spent so much time with tech this this season and. I've actually, I've watched this one for the show. I've watched it with the kids and I've gone back and watched almost all of them again. Um, and this one is just fun to watch. It's just, you, there's, you know, the stakes are low, even though they try to like ramp it up, but they never even tell you what they bet. Yeah. And so, and so it's not the point. It's not the point of the episode. The point of the episode is to have this back talking braggadocious robot that gets smashed in the 12th minute and dies <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> and then tech has to tech has to um 
do the bad he, news bears thing. He, he says something like this. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's that's all he says. Just don't repeat <laughs> that in family. And then he slams a slams an energy drink and uh, does some some weird uh, uh, flying car maneuvers. Yeah, things that you, you shouldn't be possible in this galaxy. Yes. Um, do you want to move on to the next one? Yes, let's. I'm trying to keep us on a, on a timetable a little bit. Next one is Entombed. This is the Indiana Jones episode where Fee um, takes the Bad Batch looking for a treasure and discovers a um, ancient walker that destroyed a planet. And I think we're pretty much in agreement this is a Zepho thing. Yeah. Even though it's not explicitly said anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's really rad. I always, I always like uh, digging into the um, when uh, sci-fi stories dig into the like the um, the previous like uh, ancient history. Uh, yeah, their the own ancient history. history. Yeah, their I don't want to just say I don't want to just say the past, but like the ancient history, like the uh, like, like the Zepho, um, or like. Um, like even in like Star Trek, there's a few episodes where there's like one, where there's like a progenitor species that like everybody was related to, and like they, they like a lot of those species were super mad, and like were offended thinking that they were re- related to like uh, like a Roman you know, was related to Ro- a Cardassian, yeah, or something something like that, yeah. And then there's there's other sci-fi uh, series uh, and like I like books that I listen to. Uh, that will have like like the the ancients or the forerunners or like the expanse right the expanse did this mm-hmm. right or like stargate is like the is the biggest one probably it's just like like oh yeah there's an ancient civilization that built all these stargates and that's how they traveled everywhere mm-hmm. and we're basically monkeys like smashing rocks together trying to get them to turn on yeah yeah so I I I love that the idea that that they were um, that there was like civilization before. And they're just they're just like learning about it that there's just scraps because it just it just makes you wonder about like um, stuff about like our past or like will like a thousand years from now people find stuff from our present and be like whoa what is this like will, will this um, will, will this uh, Grogu doll that um, is on my desk will it be in a museum somewhere? as some sort of religious icon that we yeah. worshipped. Yeah. Like, how bad are we getting it? How wrong are we getting it? Yeah. Right. There's this. There's a story I like to tell. Um, it's only partially true, but it's true enough. Where when the Spanish explorers were arriving in, like, Central and South America, they would, they would come ashore and they would meet a tribe of indigenous people. And through their linguists they would ask them questions about like who they were and they would always say like the answer was always Inca, which was the language spoken in this re in, in central and South America at the time that meant person. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean it was the name of a tribe. And so they sailed all up and down the coast asking people like who they were. And they're like, we're people like we're humans. And, and so they reported back that there's this huge empire called the Inca, right? And mm-hmm. I just love the I love the idea of how wrong we can get it because we don't even, we're not asking the right question, right? And it's, it's the same thing with like studying the past, 
where it's like, we don't have a fucking clue what it was like to be an ancient Egyptian. We don't. Mm-hmm. Like, we have their garbage. We have, <laughs> yeah. their gar- we have their garbage, and we've got their gods buried in tombs, and we did a shitty job of taking them out and studying them. And we think we know what they were doing, what they were up to, what their lives were like. We don't have a fucking clue. We, right? I don't, don't you mean the British? Yeah, who, yeah. Who like, still hold on to that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. King, King Chuck, right? Yeah. He, he drinks, he drinks his morning coffee out of the skull of a pharaoh. <laughs> they used to fucking eat those things too. Do you know that? No. Yeah, they would, like, there was a, a European practice. Um, hundreds of years ago where they would grind up mummies and like sprinkle them on food as a medicine. Oh, of course. Back when back when medicine was just like you just anybody could call themselves a healer or a doctor and just like here, to be more virile, we're gonna put a part of a goat testicle in your in your scrotum. That also happened. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. That's why I'm uh, that's why I mentioned it. If you don't mind, I'm rather busy. I seem to have mislaid my alien mummy. This sarcophagus should contain the remains of Emperor Nimbala, who ruled Zubin V over 29 million years ago. Hey, Professor! Mm. Great jerky! Mm. My God, this is an outrage! I was going to eat that mummy! <laughs> <laughs> Futurama, where they had like the the, the they were use human for, for their human horns for to help them get boners as a, as a erectile dysfunction cure. <laughs> yeah, it was an aphrodisiac. All right, we got really sidetracked on that one. Um, yeah, I once again entombed probably didn't have a lot of impact to the greater plot, except we got a little bit more fee. And Fee becomes a bigger character. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a little bit more Fee, but it, it sort of is a bottle episode, right? It comes and goes. Not a lot of impact, but I, like I said, I've watched this a couple times, and I, I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, the uh, the tribe. This one's tribe. One is, yeah, this one's great, and um, uh, a callback to um, the earlier Clone Wars with uh, the return of Gunji. Somehow Gunji Gunji survived Order 66. Yeah, I mean, I'd sort of, like I was, that is the plot of this one, but I'd surprisingly forgotten that that was like a huge plot point early on in this episode because I thought you were going to say um, a reference to the um, unproduced Clone Wars episode from the animatic. Too, because the animatic plot leads directly into this plot. Um, yeah, you're right. But yeah, Gunji's back. Hey, everybody, Gunji's back. <laughs> um, yeah, this one is phenomenal. This one, we get we get Gunji, we get a great battle on Kashyyyk, we get Trandoshans, which I, I'm always down for more Trandoshans. Mm-hmm. I think they're such a good villain, and I love. I I just love the idea of. Like how they their planets are in the same system, and how they evolve so differently, and how they can't get past their racism toward each other, is such a beautiful plot device. Mm-hmm. These characters, it's just like they just hate each other fundamentally, like they just can't get along. 
Yeah. Um, and I just I love that detail and how it plays out in the politics and like like the Trandoshan like the Empire is super fast to use Trandoshans on on a Kashyyyk because they know you basically don't have to even pay them to kill Wookies they just want to kill Wookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like yeah, and uh, one of the uh, one of the Trandoshans was from Clone Wars as well, right? Yeah, yeah, he was he was a. <clears throat> He was a callback character from from the animatic. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking, and I can only think of like three Trandoshan characters that weren't like like bad guys or just shitheads. Um, like the 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 cameraman from uh, the aftermath books. Um, the the one um uh was a pair uh, like a pair. Of archaeologists was she, she was like the she's the wife, um, it's like, oh, right. it like and then like they were just archaeologists that Doctor Afra ran into, and then the other one is Master Skier who is a uh, Jedi in the High Republic. Yeah, I can't I can't think of any others off of other than those three. There's probably others, but um, even in in Faster there was a bad trend ocean. Mm-hmm. Right, it was that 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 character was also a callback from Clone Wars. But uh, yeah, they're just—they're such a good villain. They're perfect because it's also—it's also from like our mammalian bias. You know, they're basically crocodile people, and so it's like, oh, they're—they're they're lower. They're lesser than us. Mm-hmm. So I just love—I love it. And this one, this one—I don't like—I love Wookies too, right? Any anytime you put us on Kashyyyk, anytime you put shows Wookie culture, it's just fun. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it also helps us understand what, like, so Gunji has survived. He's not a Jedi. He's like a youngling. But where was he during, during like, the original trilogy? Well, the original trilogy, during the entire Empire era, it was occupied, right? So he was probably just helping the Wookiees survive the occupation. Yeah. Mm. He was busy. Yeah, and they probably, first thing they did is probably take his lightsaber away and be like, no. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna bury this for you. <laughs> yeah, because because it would be it'd be nice to be able to you know, like come back and see, like they because it's in kind of like canon that if they don't use it, kind of their force powers will sort of fade over time, and maybe he'll like he's just he'll grow up into a more just kind of somebody who, a Wookiee warrior who's just kind of intuitive but like can't really use the force yeah. anymore. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to happen to him, right? He goes into hiding, he blocks himself off from the Force, he loses the ability to to commune with it. All right, you want to keep going? Yep, always. Clone conspiracy. Oh, this is a great one. Why don't you Why don't you lead the discussion here? Oh yeah, so this one is just um, there, there's just like uh, it starts off with a, a couple of clones uh, in, in a clone bar, just talking about what happened and. Um, what happened to uh, Camino? And one foolishly foolishly said that he's trying to not exactly blackmail Rampart, but he's just like, you got to come clean. And then he gets um, he he gets he gets killed by an assassin. And it's this kind of there's a lot of political stuff going on. You get to see some of the Senate, and then um, and then you uh, meet up with uh, with Rex, and then you've got the Pantor. Uh, it's a Pantor. Is she Pantoran? The she's Pantoran, uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Senator Chuchi, and then just the they're just like um, 
they're uh, they're trying to the Empire is trying to uh, decommission the clones and start the new stormtrooper uh, army, and the clones are pretty pretty pissed about it. And she she and like some oh, it's mainly her that she's just trying to get them some basic benefits. Um, but there's just kind of this conspiracy. There's the assassin that kills the original clone and and shoots some of the others. Uh, it's oh, it's just it's a uh, it's great. And it's and it's like and it's exclusively on Coruscant. I just um, it just kind of like slowly kind of like uh, signals uh, like what's actually happening to the clones. They don't just kind of just disperse out into the galaxy just to find their way, living off their pensions. Like no, they're grounded into dust. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is also the episode that doesn't have the Bad Batch in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's Bad Batch free, but we do see the race and faster happening on the TV in the clone bar. Um, so that's where at least some of the Bad Batch are. Um, so that that's a nice tie-in. But yeah, this is this is absolutely establishing a huge, establishing and furthering a huge theme for the season. And that is, what happened to the clones? What are we gonna do about the clones? Clones, clones, clones. Yeah, I love it. Like this is this is exactly what you and I have been talking about for a long time. How do we reconcile an army of millions to basically them not existing a few years later? And this is how. Like this yeah. is they're they're actively persecuting them and trying to drive them either drive their numbers down either by giving them suicide missions or just making them irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I Rampart is a great foil this like he's a great villain to put this into place and i love how they use him here but the, the conclusion is the next episode truth and consequences so yeah. do you want to give give the summary on this one yeah so this one does have the bad batch in it where they are um they want to uh get to uh, rampart's venator and get the flight recording of him dest- uh destroying camino and so it's a very much kind of a heist episode. It airs right around the the uh, the episode of Mandalorian, where they also go onto a, a star destroyer to get some medical equipment. Um, yeah, and it's just um, and the it's it's really awesome. They they're very much like the A team, where they just kind of like things go sideways, so they have to come up with. Escape plan fast, and, it, and it's pretty much so they just start up the Venator and just start like flying it like in dock, but it, it crashes, and then they escape through escape pods, and they eventually get the message to the Senate, and then also Rampart is uh, disgraced and taken away because he was just following orders, but then Palpatine comes up and then just says, "Well, it's really disturbing that the clones did this, so we really need the the new army." Yeah, outplayed. And, yeah. Yeah, that's and it's and it, and it makes you wonder like was that the plan all along? I don't think so. He's just somebody who's just got plans upon plans upon plans, contingency after contingency, and he can, he can just uh, masterful politician. He can just turn any um, any loss into a victory. Yeah, precisely. So this is this is Palpatine's basically only appearance in Bad Batch and he's on screen for a few minutes and he just dunks on everybody so hard. 
it's, mm-hmm. it just shows like how calculated and manipulative he is and how even when he loses he wins mm-hmm. it's very very on brand very perfect it's wonderful to bring him in um into this episode and sort of have him have him play this super evil part and have ian mcdermott do the voice is just yeah on the cake yeah and it shows that he's he's not in the public eye he's off doing whatever dark side shit and he only comes out if he absolutely has to because people he's not seen um so probably right right around the time that 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 um he declares himself emperor maybe a little bit after that he's just he's just doing whatever it is that he wants to do yeah he not seen. Out. and then just he just lets the he just lets the, ma- the machine run itself and then just pop up every now and then if there's something that he's correcting so yeah it's a this is a really great episode all right let's move on um keep it going uh let's get to the crossing Crossing is the mining episode. Yeah, so there's a couple a couple of these. Um, there's sort of a two two part arc, um, but basically the Bad Batch go to a mining planet because Sid buys a mine. They're trying to mine a explosive mineral, I guess, called Ipsium, and their ship gets stolen and they get trapped in a mine because of an explosion. Um, what did you yeah. think of this one? Yeah, it was good. It was a it was a tech heavy episode again because uh, we didn't mention in the last one. Echo decides to leave with Rex, and so Echo's gone. Omega is sad that uh, that he's gone, and she gets snippy with Tech because Tech kind of just processes things differently. Um, but uh, they, um, yeah, it was it was it was more of just kind of a, um really get kind of get, i guess get to know tech a little bit more uh episode yeah. It, yeah tech opens up in this episode in the way that he hadn't previously yeah right so it's he, yeah he expresses how he feels for one of the first times ever oh yeah and then there's also like friction between um like him and wrecker which like normally every there might be some barbs and stuff between all the members of the bad batch but they don't ever like like get on each other's cases, and like, this is the first time that they're really like like getting snippy with each other, where it's not just like good natured fun. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this is a good character. Not a whole lot happens from a plot point of view, but there's this is a great character episode for Tech and Omega specifically, and a little bit of Hunter and Wrecker. Um, but it it is sort of after Echo leaving, they needed like a reset for the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it. It ends with them finding the mining town, uh, contacting Sid, and she's just like, eh, sorry, I can't help you. And so it's just like, just let's, it's the end of their, start of the end of their relationship with Sid. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good scene, too, where she's just like, don't care. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get bent. All right, so the next one, Retrieval, it's a continuation of this plot. They're still on the planet. Their ship is still gone. Um, Omega realizes they could track Gonky, even if they can't track the ship, because Gonky's still on board. And they go to this mining settlement where a bunch of children are mining, more Indiana Jones, um, Ipsium, and they're under the, the control of this Fagan character called Mako. Mako? Mako. Yeah, Mako. I think. Mako. 
yeah and so and so they have the they have to basically steal their ship back and in the process they start a proletariat re- revolution and mako ends up dead yeah yeah uh, yeah spoiler he was like he was stealing from them they're all super poor and then they they're able to access like the i guess the the data sheets or whatever and it's um they find out that it's that he's just been like stealing from them because he's he's like pigging out where they're just they barely get his scraps. So, so I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is probably the weakest episode of the season for me. Um, I like it overall. I think it's fine. Um, I just thought Mako as a villain was too ironically too cartoony, and I understood the stakes. And there's like a half-hearted betrayal of Omega by the Benny character. This was just this was just Oliver Twist meets um, Temple of Doom meets Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I and I've like I've rewatched this one too and I just have a hard time staying focused on it. I just you just know Mako's gonna die. You know they're gonna get the shit back and like in the end is like the workers control the means of production now. Okay, we get it. The message is fine. The message is good. The execution is good. But there's like this scene where Mako's eating like he's got like food in both hands and just like shoving it in his mouth. Yeah, that was, like, it was a little, a little much. Yeah. What did you think of this one though? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I agree with you that it doesn't uh, it doesn't really kind of move anything forward. Even like the slower ones like moved had had like some character development here and there. This was more of a um, very much a side quest sort of episode. Yeah, they need to get their ship back, and they need to get Gonky back, and and it's it's them playing the hero, right? It's like do good recklessly sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good. It was fine. Not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you want to move on, to Metamorphosis? Yeah, so Metamorphosis. This is a great episode. Very um, very much like uh the movie Alien, which is like you don't see the creature for good portion of the the episode um but it's just um yeah it's just pretty much you find out what happened to the zillow beast from uh the clone wars it's it's been cloned and it escaped and it, it wreaks havoc on this ship and then they inadvertently let it out and it escapes and like sucks on the power of some power plant and it you find out that it's or i can't remember if they had no, yeah, no, they had definitely, it was definitely a plot point in the original Clone Wars that it kind of like, it eats energy. Yeah, that was, that was established in the Clone Wars episode. Yeah, and so it, and it grows on a massive scale. Yeah, I, I love this episode. It's just the, everything about it is just wonderful to me, like the endless alien references, the way they shot it like a horror movie. The fact that the villain, or like the like the MacGuffin or foil in this episode, is this huge beast rather than like the Empire or something. We talked we talked about in some of our episodes about like different kind categories of villains being like swarms or superhumans or giant beasts or natural disasters or like these are things. I really think they played with that a lot in this season, and I love that this is just a monster. Monster, mm-hmm. gotta gotta fight the monster. Yeah, yeah, and in the end, like, and like, like other like alien movies, 
Well, they uh, they capture the monitor. The monitor. They capture the monster because what they think it can do for them, regardless of the fact that it escaped and killed an entire crew, and they just they kind of lucked out getting it. And then it it also shows the fact that like they they um the like the town near that where the power plant was that the Zillow Beast was sucking the power off of. They take they capture all the, the townspeople. Yeah, and uh, that's a great point to bring up. Um, I'd forgotten about that aspect of it because we talked a lot about how they're getting raw materials for their experiments, and this is sort of how they're doing it, one way they're doing it. Also, it, it really establishes how huge their cloning program is. It's way bigger than you, than we think. Like Mount, Mount Tantus sort of implies that it's way bigger than we think, but this thing was cloned. Like I think Tech is the one reading the records, and he's like, this was cloned when the Republic was around. Mm-hmm. Right, they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, and it's like Palpatine's like pet project too. So I love I love everything about this episode. I think it's wonderful. Doesn't touch doesn't touch directly on the bigger plot of like what's happening with the clones, but still like great great episode. Yeah, and then the next one. This is yeah. Go ahead and do it. This is another great episode. The the outpost where um, Crosshair is. Um, he's uh, assigned to this uh, new green imperial officer who's just a shithead who thinks clones talks about clones in derogatory terms they go off to to guard this this supply depot and he he connects with this other clone mayday and the kind of the eventually like crosshair He's just, he's had enough of the bullshit because, like, he and Mayday are a lot of like, and they're just being just used. And he realizes that he's being used. And he, um, once they, once they find out that they've just been guarding armor and all these clones have been dying. And then when Mayday dies and the, the, the um, the officer won't do anything to help, he just, he just shoots him. And then he wakes up in, um, he wakes up in, uh, Tantus. Yeah, another another just absolute banger episode. Um, this is this is sort of the start of Crosshair's redemption arc, where he's like he finally snaps out of it. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to die for Nolan, just because he's a my commanding officer. This guy's complete shithead, and he lets the clone die in front of him. That's made yeah. die right in front of him, saying that it's a waste of resources to use medical care on him. Yeah, there is no like you had you had to let Crosshair hit rock bottom apparently, and you had to like like build him back up in like this dramatic way because nothing else was going to snap him out of it. And the fact that he just wakes up in Tantus and Emery or whatever is like, hi Crosshair. Yeah, it's just fucking terrifying, right? Because it's like, what's worse than almost dying dying on an ice planet is whatever the fuck they're about to do to him. Mm-hmm. And I I love I love the reveal. I love it all because like like I said, like this this is the Empire Strikes Back season. Nothing goes right for the people we care about, and and you finally get a glimpse of that humanity back in Crosshair, and you're like, yeah, you killed Nolan. Good for you. And then immediately they're like, and now we're going to ruin him. Yeah. Right? We're, we're going to either like kill him or experiment on him or reprogram him into something worse than he was before. Like, who knows what their plan is with him, but like, damn, like worst possible outcome. <laughs> yeah. Worst possible. 
All right, anything else on this one? I think no. we just both loved it. Yeah. All right, let's go to Pabu. So Pabu is an off-speed pitch episode um, because there's no villain. It's basically Bad Batch follow Fee on vacation um, to like her hideaway planet after a heist, I guess, or like a handoff gone bad. Fee finds out that the Bad Batch are sick of, of Sid, tells him go to this hideout, and it is an island paradise. Yeah, and it's it's kind of um, it's showing that that they can have a life outside of what they've been doing. Omega makes a friend with a, a girl who's roughly her age. There's a, like the, the relationship between, um, uh, sorry, tech and, uh, tech and fee, fee grows yeah. a little bit. I mean, I mean, nothing wild and crazy, but you can tell that fee has something for, uh, something for tech and tech's just oblivious, uh, to the fact. And then this is like, like them, like settling down into just like a normal life. They they help rescue everybody when there's a when there's a big um, storm. Is it a storm or just a, like an earthquake? It's an earthquake. Yeah. Okay. In the earthquake, uh, and so they're welcomed with open arms. So there's so it's very much just like ah, we can relax now. Let's just leave it all behind. Do you think if if Fee and Tech were real life celebrity couple, they're couple portmanteau would be fetch <laughs> or or peach 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 uh, i don't know peach peach yeah maybe um yeah so this is this is this is a hero hero episode for them right they they facilitate this effective evacuation they're there coincidentally when the first tsunami in 30 years happens but that aside like they get to play the hero. They get to bond with this community. It's feasible that they come back to this community. Right. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot to say about this. Our, our review of it was also quite short just because it just is what it is. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the strongest episode by a long shot, but I think it's an important one to show that there may be a life for these people that isn't all shooting all the time. Right. All right. Let's go to tipping point. Yeah. Tipping, tipping point is so we're up to what episode is this? Fourteen. So this is sort of like the like three part finale. Um, do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah. Sorry, there's not. I'm trying to. They kind of all run together for me, but this is. Um, there's barely any bad batch in this episode. It um, mainly starts with. Uh, Echo and a bunch of the other clones, uh, Gregor being one, um, Rex, Rex is away doing something. This is like Rex's, like uh, his clone, uh, I guess the, the, his underground railroad for clones. So they capture, they they attack a ship that's that has clones that were, um, they're scheduled to go to uh, Mount Tantis and they, they rescue them. Um, they're unable to to find where the uh, the ship was going because they the Imperials purged the databanks and the officer in charge killed himself via the um the elect- I guess the electrified tooth yeah um, but uh, and just it's he was in, I think he was introduced before but this is where you really meet Heimlock 
Um, he's like kind of like the new villain. He's a he's a scientist that works for the Empire who's in charge of uh, Mount Tantus. Uh, he's a real he's not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's super villain level, right? Yeah. He's he's like the he's the new category of enemy. He's the super competent human. Um, so he's he's your Mangala. He's your Hitler. He's your he's your super evil dude. Yeah. So yeah, so he take he, he kind of takes over Rampart's spot as the as the um as the main antagonist. And um, <clears throat> Crosshair attempts to escape, uh, contacts the Bad Batch, saying that they're being hunted. But then he's immediately captured again. Um, and so then the Bad Batch have to make a decision, like, are they going to help Crosshair or not? And then they decide that they're going to help him because he's still their brother. Yeah. So this is this is a really dark episode. Yeah. Um, just just hard to put it any other way so we see that that clones are being rounded up by hemlock to be experimented on we see crosshair in this experimentation position he attempts to escape doesn't go great does get a message off bad batch decide to go rescue him Mm -hmm. um and then the season finale two-part season finale happens basically and yeah obviously a great episode this is really setting the stage for everything that happens next shows that even in a really hopeless situation, Crosshair will still fight back. And yeah. Cross, Crosshair is really a, a thorn on their side. Yeah. Cause they're doing, they're doing stuff to him and he won't talk and you know, he won't, he won't break, uh, which I, I expected him. Like when they're like, why are you doing this? I thought he was just going to have some cheesy one liner, but he's just like, He's just stoic, quiet, and just let, letting it happen. And he's not, but he's not, he's not breaking. Yeah, it really, it shows, like, I think we talked about it at the time. It's like Crosshair would have done anything for you, but now you're his enemy, right? And so mm-hmm. now he's going to do everything to ruin you. Ruin whatever you're trying to do. Like, he doesn't care. Just like, nope, like, I'm gonna, like, you want information from me? No. You want Omega? You're not gonna get her. Yeah. Yeah, just, and, just so fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, and fa- yeah, in fact, that um, they theorized that they let him escape just so he could get a message out um, to kind of like put everything into motion that happens in the next two episodes. Right. So let's go there. Next episode is the two-part season finale, roughly, but but they do have a, a pretty clear break. It's called the summit. The episode fifteen. I'm just going to give quick highlights, and I want I want you to talk as much as you want about this one because I think we both love this one. But the summit refers to the meeting of Tarkin and Hemlock and other high-ranking Imperials, including Krennic, at his Raven's Roost or um, Raven's Nest or whatever. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Eagle's Nest. Yeah, the Eagle's Nest thing. Play, uh, play. Uh, a retreat where Nazis gather to hang out. So the Bad Batch decide that they're going to infiltrate this meeting because Hemlock is there and they can put a tracker on his shuttle to follow him back to wherever they're holding Crosshair. So they get in there on the funicular, um, plant the tracker, and then they run into Sagrera, who's there to assassinate everybody. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is quite awesome. Uh, to where they're just, just like... No, you can't do this. He, he has to live, and he's like, "Nope, I'm doing it." 
Um, yeah, this like that whole exchange, like the whole like ethical, like moral ethical conundrum they're in, where it's like, like no, we need to understand what they're doing. And so I was like, no, I'm chaotic. Good. Yeah. I'm gonna fuck all of this up. And then we're going to deal with the fallout from this later. They're not on the same side exactly. Yeah. Just because they have the same overall goal, they are completely at odds with each other. And it's a great view into sort of like the genesis of the rebellion before the rebellion. Or just like, like, no, we all have our independent missions and they're in direct contradiction with each other and we have to fight each other. Yeah. And the enemy. <laughs> so the So basically saw... Saw and the Bad Batch run afoul of each other, and Saw is unable to finish placing his charges, but he still detonates them and fucks up this eagle's nest thing on Iriadu, um, basically Tarkin's compound. Tarkin's furious. The Bad Batch try to escape on the funicular again, and they get trapped on the on the track in the, over a huge drop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's sort of how it ends. So before we go on to the finale. What do you, anything about this one? Oh yeah, it's 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 so great. Um, just because they, I mean, I don't know how to explain. It. It's just that it was such it was such a bold bold um, mission, and especially since like they're coming into the 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 funicular, as you say, um, that was like that was like it's like super risky because it's like the only secure way for them to get get onto the. Uh, or get into the Ravens, yes. whatever the Ravens, the you know, the uh, the, the Eagles Nest. We'll just call it that because that's what it is. Um, and just and then everything just going, everything going to shit because it's, every- it's called Ravens Peak. Sorry, Ravens Peak. Raven Peak, and it's called the Ravens Peak Sky Rail. Yeah. Particular. And the um, yeah, and just like some um, and just like and just like every kind of like heist or like movie like this everything just goes to, to hell and they just it's it's going real bad it goes it goes real real bad and and tarkin's having tarkin in there is great having krennic in there the was it ben mendelson yep. he's, he only has like one line you've got uh, like other people got some other people who are there like they talk about like one talks about how great the clones are, and then Tarkin's just like, "Nah, they think too much. Fuck them." Um, yeah, it's you know, it's just great. Yeah, it's Hurst Ramadi. I think is the one that was saying that the clones were great, but um, or loyal. But yeah, the whole thing. I love, I love the, I love the um, conference room scene in A New Hope, and this is like a scaled down version of this for like these advanced science projects. Mm-hmm. Or these advanced directive projects, I love. I love that. I love the conflict between Saw and the Bad Batch, and how Saw is just out there being a chaos agent. Yeah, and I can understand his point of view absolutely because Saw just wants to kill the enemy. He wants to hurt them as much as he can, and that is definitely part of a war. Like inflict pain and damage. Yeah, and make them think they're not safe, even in the Ravens' peak. Yeah, and like I, I uh, watched the, uh, I watched that, uh, or at least the interaction between him and uh, Luthen in from Andor, and he's still very much just like he, he just wants to do whatever, 
he wants to do. He doesn't want to work with anybody. He, he won't work with someone because they were a separatist at one point. Um, so he's just very, like, he, he just does whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. All right, you want to go to Plan 99? Yeah, so Plan 99, that's the, the finale. It's This one, it's, it's rough because they're... They're, they're they're stuck on the um, the tram, and in order to to escape, Tech has to go out and try to fix something. But then the part of the tram is falling, and he Tech sacrifices himself so that the uh, Bad Batch can escape. And it's it's good. It's not good. It's sad. And you then you, you those of us who are like like. Like, like, oh, it's really good that they're centering on tech. It's like, oh, yeah, now I know why they're having us. Because, like, start liking tech because before, nobody cared if tech were to live or die. But now that we're emotionally invested in him, it hurts all that much more. And, and then, they, then they escape, and they're trying to lick their wounds. And they go to Sid's, and Sid betrays them. And there's pretty much... They get captured. They're trying to get Omega out, but Omega doesn't want to leave. And then she ends up, she ends up getting captured, and and then she she gets brought to Tantus, and then she sees Crosshair, and then Emery talks to her and says like tells Omega that they're sisters. Yeah. So this is this is sort of the the biggest gut punch of the whole whole season. This is where. This is the, the end of Empire, right? So everybody is captured, or dead, and or dead, um, and we have no idea. Like, like they're going to use Omega's suffering to motivate Nala say to help them with what what I can only assume is Project Necromancer. Yeah. At this point, they don't they don't name drop it here like they do in Mando. But Mando's happening simultaneous to the show, and they named drop it in Mando. So they're trying to establish this force cloning ability, and to keep the Palpatine alive past death. And Hemlock explicitly says it. He's like, "You'll either help us, or we'll hurt Omega." And it's just so evil, so gross, and. Yeah, and now they, he's got these new clone subjects that are all enhanced, and what he's going to do with them, who knows? But we do know. Um, well, let's just before we move on. Um, overall, for a season two of Bad Batch, what do you, what do you think? What do you think of the season as a whole? I was really happy with it. Um, I'm not happy in the direction. Just because it just makes me sad, but at the same time, it's it's. Yeah, this is of course this is what happens. They, um, this is what this is what governments like this do, um, and kind of like ours does to a not terrible extent. But like once your once your service is over, we don't give two fucks about you. We're not we're not grind like the U.S. doesn't grind um, grinds veterans into paste or do medical experiments but they sure shit don't care about them um um and it's just that's what like the kind of like the night of the long knives is that uh once you consolidate power you get rid of anybody who's a threat 
whether they see the clones as a threat or not, they're just a they're just garbage. That um, that's how I'd put it. They they view they view them as obsolete, worthless garbage, and you either throw garbage away, you incinerate it, or you throw it out the car window. Like and and they don't care what happens to them. And and if there's a if if they can be useful in Hemlock's work, sure, why not? And that's mm-hmm. fucking terrible. But yeah, and and also. Um, the clones know that Order 66 came from Darth Sidious because I'm trying to remember where it was, but one of them says, yes, Lord Sidious, when in answer to, I'm not sure if it's Rex or someone else. So they're, they're, they are a loose end that needs to get tied up. That's a great point. Um, yeah, so from my point of view, it's it like I joke about this all the time. I say Star Wars animation is peak Star Wars. This was a ton of great content. Um, almost, like I would say, almost no notes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like my biggest, my biggest issue with the season was Mako, and he's dead, so yeah. I never have to worry about him again. <laughs> and even even that, I was just like, I was just like, this is silly. Like you don't have to make him like literally tying a woman to a railroad track sort of villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I get it. Like like you have to do. You, sometimes you have to do those things. But we've spent so much time talking about the end of the Clone Wars and the establishment of the Republic or the Empire and what happened to all the Republic relics and everything. Um, we're getting it. Yeah. We're getting it. And you want to talk about what we think is going to happen in season three? Well, hopefully they get Omega back. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's this. The show is zigging when I expect it to zag. But hopefully they get reunited, and hopefully by the end they can all just fade off into the sunset. Um, I would. I would. I would like to see like some cameo, or I don't know, called cameos, but maybe just tie-ins to like other um, Star Wars IP. So maybe okay, like. What would you like to see? Like I don't know, like Moff Gideon. Um, yes. One thing, one one thing I thought would be a realistic cameo or tie-in would be the client. The cli- oh, you mean uh, he's uh, an old imperial, Werner uh, uh, Hosak. Yeah. yeah, he's an old imperial, right? Mm-hmm. So he has to be active during this time. So I think that would be a logical thing to put in there is have the client show up because he's he obviously works on Project Necromancer in the future. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think is going to happen, like. I don't know if it's happened in episode one, but I, I, I would bet since they established that Rex is flying around with these underground railroad clones that early on they are rescued in a similar manner um, by Rex. Mm-hmm. That, that Rex and Tech and Gregor and, and that crew. And um, I bet that's I bet that's what happens, because why would you establish that these guys are out there doing this thing without having them? come in like the Calvary and, and rescued the day. Yeah. Yeah. And it maybe ends with, um, Rex, Gregor and Wolf, like just buying an old, uh, junker, um, Walker. Um, I'd be it, fine. I'd be fine if that was just a thing. Right? Yeah. Like where that's like the compromise where it's like the empire's like, we're not going to hunt clones to, we're not going to waste resources hunting old men clones. They're just going to age out, so let's just give them, let's let, let them go to the army surplus store, like buy decommissioned military, disarmed decommissioned military equipment. 
that we're not going to use anymore. And then just show show a trailer park where everyone's living in in those walkers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, where like after all said and done, Hemlock is out of the picture, or they've, or at least they've gone underground with their project. Uh, um, they're just like, it's it's just easier just to tell them just to get lost. Um, like the what was it season, like the last episode of season four of Rick and Morty, where uh, is the time. Uh, Tammy, like her character is just like, oh, we they figured out if we just leave you alone, you're not a threat. Right. So, <laughs> so they just, um, just like just leave the clones alone. Just, just they become like too much of a problem. So they're just like, okay, just go, just do whatever you want. Just leave us alone. As long as you leave us alone, we we'll leave you alone, and then that's it. So kind of like a seat, like almost like a ceasefire. Um, between them, and, and then maybe the Bad Batch goes back to Pub, um, Pabu, um, and you find out more about like this Emery. I'm still holding out hope against hope that uh, uh, that Omega is is Ray's mother, but um, I don't think that's gonna, that's the way it's going to go. Um, I, w- I would find that hard to believe at this point, but yeah, who knows? They, if they can tell a good story with it, I'm I'm for it. It's just something I don't I don't feel like they're setting that up at all. Yeah, no, it's yeah they they made it sound like Ray from the book Shadows of the Sith, like that that she was just she worked in some like farming. She was just somebody from some farming community who happened to be good at fixing shit or something like that. But yeah, so it would be just nice to know like what's the What's the plan? Is it is it going to end on like a high note? I don't see them ending on a super low note, but just kind of our, or maybe just kind of a okay note. Yeah. So I doubt, I I doubt they're going to kill the rest of the Bad Batch um, in season three. That would be a hard hard pill to swallow. I think. I I would believe that they could bring back Tech if they wanted to. Although I don't know how I feel about that. Um, because I, I don't like that they killed them, but I like that there were stakes attached to it. Mm-hmm. And I think Star Wars sometimes needs to follow through with their threats um, that characters can die. Yeah. But I, I think I would be perfectly happy. We talked about it in the Pabu episode. I asked you if you would be okay if that's where they ended up somehow, and you said you would be okay with that. I think I'm there right there with you. I think it makes sense. They talked about it explicitly. You see Hunter wrestling with the decision, and shit got really bad for them when they left Pabu. Yeah. And so it's like, this galaxy will chew you up and spit you out and not think twice about it. Maybe you should like, have a serious conversation about sitting down, like setting down some roots here and just laying low, like like whatever Gregor and Rex do in the future. Yeah. And maybe there's a, the, end of the epi- end of the season is... Flash forwarding to after after the events of Return of the Jedi or some somewhere future in the line where like Mega's grown up, they're really old, um, or maybe they, they were part of the rebellion. Maybe they maybe they just they're just like no, we're we're, we're just we're done. We're tired of it all. Um, so there, there's that um, there there that could be a possibility. Here's something that, that we haven't talked about much. Um, would you accept a Boba Fett Q 
cameo. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind. And they've already got the voice actor, because um, they just to, just to make it in line with everything else, they'd have to use uh, D.D. Baker, right? Not uh, uh, Tamar Morrison. It'd be Logan, right? Wait, no. Who does the little kid voice? D.D. Baker. Oh no, I don't. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. You're right. Because he would. He would only be a kid. It'd be Daniel Logan doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He. He's the one that does. Yeah. Yeah. So he's. He's doing all of the young Boba Fett stuff, and all of the stuff still. So. Mm-hmm. He'd have to. It'd have to be him. But yeah. He's still around, and he. He still tweets about Star Wars, so presumably they could get him. I would be on board. Like yeah. I think I think they should do it. I, I was I was holding out hope that the end of Book of Boba Fett Omega would walk in. That that would be wild mm-hmm. for the plot of Bad Batch to do that. But yeah, I want Boba Fett. Yeah, he's uh, or or at least referencing him because he's one of the few like. Like, non, like, fucked with clones. I mean, he might be the only non-fucked with clone, actually. I think they do mention that he exists in the first season, but only in passing. And they call him, I think they call him Alpha or something, because it's Alpha and Omega. So, beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that would be a good thing to tie in. Yeah, I and, mean, like, maybe, like, the maybe there's, like, a huge jailbreak or something or and and tantus is just wiped out and that's why everything goes to like exegol um Ooh, i would like that too because they're just like we've got a <laughs> we got it's too it's too risky to have all this in the out in the open even though it's not out in the open but like put it really far away um of the zillow beast escape again yeah eat them all yeah, just have it. Yeah, they, as they escape, just shuttles of clones are just like escaping the place, and then they just un, unleash the Zillow beast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, and I would like to see more. Um, I'd like to see more Saw. Um, I'd like to see some more like like people from like the early parts of the rebellion. Yeah, um, Saw showing, showing up was something that. I don't know if we talked about this on our review, but I was just blown away when like they take their helmets off and it's saw. And I'm just like, holy shit, of course. Like that's just such good writing, in my opinion. It's just so perfect in that moment. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, of course Saw's here. Of course he's trying to kill all these fools. Of course he doesn't care what tech wants. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. I don't know, it's yeah, I just love it. I love it all. And yeah, bring Saw back, please. Like have it tie, like have it tie into Andor a little bit. There's opportunities there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it's just so good. I can't wait for season three. It's gonna be a while before we get there, but I love, I love that they are saying it's last one, because I think you and I are in agreement that you can't just keep doing something forever. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find a logical stopping point and stop. And I think they can definitely do a third season, give these characters the wrap-up they need, and send them off on their way. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they survive and and find some peace. But is there anything you want to say before we um, sort of sign off? Cham Sindula. Cham.
Yes. He would be a good, uh, like a uh, someone to to have them kind of run into because they. I mean, except they were on Ryloth before, so I mean, I don't know, but that would be cool and see like a teenage Hera or something. Yeah, I mean, like so. So if you're doing a trilogy, you can bring back guest guest stars, and so you could bring Hera back. Um, that's definitely possible. It's been a few years, but it's another best friend of Omega's, right? Mm-hmm. Omega, the person who makes best friends everywhere she goes. Um, yeah, so I, I would be down for little Chopper Hera um, cameos. That would be fun. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm very excited. Star Wars animation is peak Star Wars. This is such a good story and a story that I didn't think I was going to get. Um, and the fact that it's tying into the sequel trilogy is so beautiful to me. I know that upsets some people, but not me. Um, tie it all together. Show me the connective tissue. And yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with where we're at, at with it, that we're getting presumably 16 more episodes. As the first two seasons said 16 episodes. Although we don't know any details about this final. I don't think we have a projected time. Or how many episodes or yeah or no <laughs> who knows with the writer strike it's gonna be a while yeah and i'm fine with that like like i'm i'm in my 40s i'm used to waiting for my star wars yeah and i'm not gonna i'm not planning on dying anytime soon um but if i do uh you have to repost all of our old episodes yeah and i've and i've got the i've got this <laughs> so i can just yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can just uh, slowly create an AI version of you. Oh damn, that's actually going to happen. People are people are going to make AI avatars of other people. Yep. So that that Al Pacino movie that came out a while ago was oddly prescient. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. It just sucks that the uh, AI isn't going to do the uh, the jobs we wanted to do. It's going to be doing the jobs we want to do and leave us doing the shit work. Oh, I hope that's not the case. I've already, I, I've already talked with um, people very high up in the government saying that we need to start getting AIs into our systems to do all of our grunt work. And there's a general consensus that that's going to happen. Yeah. No, it's, it's still, it's still from what I know from my limited understanding of machine learning and working with that sort of stuff, it's still ways off before it's it's anything other than just a useful tool. It's the, all this like the the art and stuff like that is kind of neat, but it's gonna lose. It's the the, the it's uh, it's gonna lose its luster soon. Even yeah, yeah. The, it's basically it, a really polite search engine right now. And even like the companies that like are like like some audiobook companies are supposedly gonna just be like using the AIs to like narrate. I think that's going to blow up in their face because they just, they're not there yet. That was one of the things about this audiobook I was listening to is I was curious if it was narrated by an AI because it would, it would, there's a lot of words in English that are spelled the same, but have, but based on the context of the sentence, you know, to say live instead of live. Mm-hmm. But they're spelled the same, and this one was making a lot of mistakes. Like this audio recording was making a lot of mistakes like that. 
and it was frequent enough to where I was noticing it, and it was sort of taking me out of the out of the book. And I was like, what if this is narrated by AI, and it just doesn't know like the context of the words for the different pronunciations in English, and it's making silly mispronunciations that a human wouldn't, or maybe it was just a bad recording session. Who knows? But I I think you're right that when when you start having like an AI emulate a human voice um, to do an audiobook, that's just going to go very poorly for everybody. Yeah. I, All right. Sort of, okay. sort of off off the reservation again. Do you want to like play us out? We're not going to yeah. do rating, I don't think. But yeah, no, we don't. We don't need to. We ranked all the episodes. So um, yeah, so this is it. We're going to um, do one more wrap up of Mando. Very timely. But when have we ever been timely? Um, and then after that, we will get, be getting back into Clone Wars. So um, thanks again for listening, and we uh, we'll be back next week with our Mando wrap up. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da